0: this is Doug Eccles. We want to welcome you to our podcast, Got Better Things For You. Psalm 30, verse number 5. Let's read this. Everybody, let's read it together right off the screen. For his anger is but for a moment. And his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we believe that every life is being impacted today by the word of God. May we mix the word today with faith that it would explode in our spirits. And I'm asking today, Lord, that there's people here today that do not know you. They are backslidden or they have sin in their life. I'm praying today that the Holy Spirit would draw them to Jesus. Make it hot in here for them today, I pray. And Lord, we give you glory. May we minister and uh, uh, with the ability that you give today, Lord, we're expecting great things in your name, breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. You may be seated this morning. The Bible says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And I I, I began thinking about this a little bit, that it seems like every infomercial on television is about having a joyful life, having a life uh, uh, of pleasure, having a life uh, uh, that is pain-free, having all these blessings. But the Bible tells us that we may have a bad night, but how many know joy comes in the morning? So we, the people of faith, we know that no matter how dark it is today, we know that joy comes in the morning. Now, I don't know uh, what that means to you, but when I read that, I thought if joy comes in the morning, what if I do something in the nighttime that keeps the joy from coming? What if I do something to keep that? I need that joy in my life, that satisfaction of life and and, uh, that fulfillment that comes. Uh, I need it, but it says it comes in the morning, and and yet it doesn't say how it comes. And uh, we know the Bible is very clear that the joy of the Lord is your... So if the joy of the Lord is your strength... How many understand if you don't have joy, that makes you a weak Christian? So we must have this joy that comes in the morning. So I want to speak a little bit this morning how joy comes. We know when joy comes, but we need to know how it comes if we're going to be the strong Christian that God has called us to be, that joy of the Lord is my strength. Number one, joy comes when you get in his presence. The Bible says that in his presence is a fullness of joy or a satisfaction of joy. Now, I know that the joy of the Lord is not just so we can have a good time at church. Now, I will give you a compliment. I heard uh, that there are people that have been to this church, and they say, we love this church. It's so friendly, and there's people that are happy. We went to our church, and all you do is stare when you go down the hall, and we don't look at each other. Well, that doesn't uh, help anybody, because you can get that at the mall, You know, I try not to stare, but some people are weird. (laughs) You know, you can't help but look at weirdness. You know what I'm saying? But anyhow, we know that joy comes when you get in his presence, but it is not just so we can have a good time at church. So if the joy of the Lord comes in our life to give us strength, it is so that we can become strong enough to fulfill his purpose and plan in our life. God has a purpose and plan for our life, but we have to be strong enough to bring it to pass, and the joy of the Lord will give us strength. We know in his presence his fullness of joy, but, uh, not in my PowerPoint, but it says over in first Peter, it says, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Now, if I said today that we were in his presence, I think I could still say that the glory was here. Now, they're not the same thing. Glory and presence are not exactly the same, but they are cousins and they run together. So if you have presence of the Lord and the glory, they're going to be together. If you've got glory, there's presence. If you've got presence, there's glory. But the truth is they're not the same, but I, I know that he said when uh, uh, his glory is revealed, you'll rejoice and be glad. Now, think about this for a minute. He is coming... Whether you like it or not, when that trumpet sounds and the shout goes up, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. He's coming back. But the Bible said he's coming back for a glorious church. So in order for me to be ready for the coming of the Lord, I need to have some glory in my life. And when his glory comes in my life, there will be rejoicing and excessive joy. Now, how many understand what the word glory means? To have glory means to be, well, let me explain what the opposite would be. To have the opposite of glory would to be have grief. How many know this world is full of grief? Every time there's a tragedy somewhere, it brings grief, and we have become so accustomed to tragedy in this country, I think that we blow it off at times, but I'm going to tell you, grief means to be heavy laden with everything that is bad. So the word glory is the opposite, to be heavy laden with everything that is good, and he says that he will fill this house with glory. So we ought to believe that the grace place is going to be a place where his glory is that we come in here and we leave with everything that is good and we get a whole bunch of it. So we want the glory of God. And we have to have the glory to be ready for the coming of the Lord. But realize, when he comes... You realize that the Israelites were a type of the church, and it says in Psalms, when the Israelites left their bondage, it said they left with joy and gladness. So when we leave this world that is full of bondage and heartache and grief and pain, we ought to be leaving when we go with Jesus with joy and gladness. I don't think you're getting this very well, but I'm going to tell you when the trumpet sounds and I get caught up to meet Jesus in the air, I'm not going to be sad, but I'm going to say goodbye world goodbye. I'm not going to say, oh, can I wait another day? I'd like to pay another visa payment. I am going to say goodbye to all those things that bring us down and I am going to leave this world with joy and when I get to heaven, it's going to be a joyful place and the Bible says thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So at the grace place, we ought to have some joy that gives us strength because this is the uh, warm-up for that which is to come. All right, number two. Let's look at Romans 5, verse 11. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We have now received freedom. We have now received the atonement. The word there uh, is reconciliation, but joy comes, number two, through the blood. Now, we have to understand That every blessing that we get comes from the blood. We're healed by the blood. We're saved by the blood. We're reconciled back to God by the blood. We're sanctified by the blood. We are filled with the Spirit because of the blood. Every blessing comes in our life because of the blood of Jesus. I thank God for the blood. But he said, uh, whom we now have received reconciliation. How many like that word now? we have now received freedom. We have now received this because of the blood. See I like uh, 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 having something that God does right now. See too many people have a God of the future and some have a God of the past but I have a God of the right now. He declared that I am the resurrection and the life. He was saying to you and I I am what you need right now. You may have walked into this place today not expecting a lot to happen. Maybe somebody promised you a meal, maybe you came out of here out of religious duty, maybe you came because somebody twisted your arm, but I'm going to tell you, God is here right now to meet your right now need, if you believe it, say man. But I think sometimes we sit around and say, well, I don't have I don't have anything. You know, my job's not what I want. My family's not the way that I would like them to be. I don't drive the car I'd like to have. I don't have these things. The job is too stressful. I don't get to have vacation I want to have. But the Bible says in Luke 19, verse 19 and 20, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. Everybody say nothing. How many know what nothing means in the Greek? Nothing. That that includes a lot of stuff right there. Nothing. Are you hearing me? Nothing. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He was telling the disciples that it is not to rejoice because you don't have to worry about a devil uh, or demon spirits. You don't have to worry about the attack of the enemy, but rejoice rather that your name is written in heaven. I know today that some of you say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what my bank account looks like. You don't know what my husband said to me on the way to church today. You don't know what my kids are doing. I don't care about those things. Will tell you that I do not rejoice in those, but I rejoice rather that my name is written in heaven. If I know that I'm on my way to heaven, I have something to rejoice in today. Are you hearing me? And even Steve, when the Spurs lose today, he can still rejoice because his name is written in heaven. Can I get a better amen in here? Now, I have a motive for the Spurs to lose because I think the thunder can beat the... uh Amen. I'm just kidding around. Some of you think I'm blaspheming, but it's okay. I didn't feel any lightning or anything, so... But the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. I am here to tell you, I was deep in sin, but because of the blood of Jesus, I have been freed from that burden of sin. And I'm going to tell you something, I, I, when I keep things in perspective, it could be a lot worse no matter what comes my way. And I'm here to tell you, I know that I am going somewhere that is far better. The pastor preached about heaven last week, and you need to know that you're ready to go there. And it's only by the blood of Jesus that you're ready. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. All right, Proverbs 15, verse 23. And if you're religious, hang on to your seat, all right? Proverbs 15, 23, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. How many know that what you say can change the atmosphere? You say, I don't really believe that, preacher. That sounds like, uh, you know, mumbo-jumbo positive thinking. But I'm going to tell you something. Think about being in a break room at at your work, and uh, you're just sitting there having a Coca-Cola and a Twinkie or whatever. Everybody's having a good time. And then that one employee comes in that talks nasty and tells dirty jokes. How many know it changes the atmosphere in that room? And just as you can change the atmosphere uh, with your words for the negative, you can change them uh, with your words for the good. And I believe we need to start answering the troubles and the trials that we face with the Word of God coming out of our mouth. Because joy, number three, comes from our mouth. I believe uh, when you start speaking the Word of God, the devil will have to flee. We have a good example. Jesus, uh, when tempted of the devil, he said, it is written... It is written, it is said, if we're going to be like Jesus, we need to use the word of God to beat down the devil in our life and keep him off our back. And I believe uh, uh, when uh, we begin to speak the word of God, the joy of the Lord will begin to rise and the devil he has to flee because he cannot stand the joy of the Lord. So how do we answer uh, failure? Well, I answer it like this. Thanks be to God that always causes me to triumph. How do I answer uh, lack in my life? I answer with the word of God. My God shall supply my every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How do I answer a lack of ability? It is I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. How do I answer condemnation? There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. We need to speak the word of God. That's why David said I have hid the word in my heart that I might not sin against him. I don't think that we get enough word uh, just in our little time that we come together, we're gonna have to put it in our life on purpose on a regular basis every day. I'm gonna devour the word because when I put it in, it comes out in times of need. Amen? Psalm 5, verse 11 and 12. says, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. Number four, joy comes by shouting. When your team wins, they're shouting. I've been to some games that go into overtime, and I'm going to tell you, uh, when uh, it looks like all hope is gone, and your team comes back and ties the game and pushes it into overtime, there's some shouting going on. And then at the end of the game, there's shouting that happens. But you know what? Uh, uh, It has been said, a church that does not know how to pray and shout will never be shaken. Now, why don't we shout in church? Well, because we might be afraid we might wake somebody up. Uh, It's funny. Why we won't shout in church is more likely intimidation. Because we will go to the restaurant and somebody has a birthday and you'll sing happy birthday as loud as you can for somebody you don't even know. But you will not praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords because you're intimidated. The Bible says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. See, we say, well, that ex- you know, you don't understand where I come from. You don't understand uh, my background. I'm going to tell you, if I, we hit the right button, we can find a way to make you shout. You know, Drew Carey can get people to shout that won't shout over anything else. Come on down. The price is right. When they get their new car keys, they're going to Shout. But why can't we shout over the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Joy comes by shouting. Now listen, Paul was told, he told us that we're to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He tells us three times probably because he knew some of us would forget. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, what does the word rejoice mean? It just means really to rejoice. We know that David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Some of us need to go back and remember when we got saved and rejoice. Now, what does rejoice mean? Let me explain it this way. I I live in Tulsa County, but I still live in the country, kind of. We used to have seven miles of sod farms before you got to the mall. That's how we judge civilization, how close you are to the mall. Now it's all neighborhoods, but our house is older. They're building all these new homes, but our home, we still have a septic tank. Whatever that means, okay? Now we have the city brought the sewer into the corner, but I refuse to hook up because it's 2,500 bucks to just have them sign a piece of paper. So I'm continuing to use the septic tank. Every time it breaks, I go get a front loader and dig up my yard clear to China. Last time, Skylar and I, we dug so much, we could have had a full-blown pool in the backyard. But it cost us $600. So I'm cheap, okay? I don't want to pay anybody to fix that thing. And I got it working again. But when you fill in the dirt, I don't know what happened, but we took dirt out. But when we put it back in, it didn't seem like there was enough. We had low spots. So you know what we had to do? We had to call the dirt store. You know there's a place called the dirt store. They will bring you dirt. All right? And they brought dirt out and dumped it, and we had to take it back out there, and we filled up those low places. We backed the truck up, pushed it out. And you know what? It rained. When it rained... It got low again. So we had to re dirt. Are you catching on to this? So I'm saying some of you during this week of breakthrough need to back your spiritual truck up and rejoice. Because you got some low places in your life. Those, some of you realize that you're going through some things, but I believe uh, that we can back up today and rejoice. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I am not rejoicing in my wife. I'm not rejoicing in my septic tank or the lack thereof. Or I'm not rejoicing in my job. I'm not rejoicing in my bank account. I rejoice in the Lord. Now, why did he say rejoice in the Lord, not your husband or wife? all right? You know why, listen, you know why you don't rejoice in your husband? Because tomorrow morning he's going to get out of bed and he's got that cock-a-doodle-doo thing going on in his head, right? And you look at him and go, man, I married that. Whoa. You know, inside. You, you should say that on the inside. This is how I do a marriage seminar. Keep some things on the inside. It'll help you a lot. You know, I know everybody says we ought to tell the truth all the time to our spouse. I think you should probably not tell everything you think. (laughs) Whatever. So he comes out with that hair going crazy. You realize your joy is not in your husband, but it's in the Lord. You think your joy is in your wife. You know, you come home tonight after church and she slips on that moo-moo she's been wearing for 10 days straight. I know you're wanting Victoria's Secret, but that's no secret anymore. I might get myself in trouble here. I don't know. But, you know, I thank God I've been delivered from evil. No moo-moo wearing in our house. (laughs) Well, that's probably because I said the truth one day. (laughs) But I realize my joy is not in my wife. My joy is, I love my children, I love my wife, I love uh, even uh, the ministry, I love what God has called me to do, but I'm going to tell you, my joy is still in the relationship that I have with the Lord. I want to draw close to Him, and I'm going to tell you something, I believe that I can shout unto God with the voice of triumph, amen? Amen. All right, let me go on here. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We act like we can have better church without the Holy Spirit, but there's joy that comes through the Holy Spirit. Joy comes uh, uh, when, uh, uh, keep, when we keep company with the Holy Spirit. We must... Understand, we need the Holy Spirit in our life in order to have the joy of the Lord. So I don't need less Holy Spirit. I need more. Now, let me explain this to you. I was preaching in Connecticut, and uh, the pastor, we had uh, Saturday two Saturday night services, three Sunday morning. I mean, I'm busy as all get out. I'm tired. He, we go to lunch. He said, oh, I got to ask you a question. We got two services tonight, but one of them is an Iranian service. Would you like to do that? Now, my body was tired, but I said, man, I I love the people of the world. So I said, yeah, I want to do the Iranian service. And then he says, well, it's not a very good service. Why didn't he tell me that before? He said, we actually meet in a house. He said, "Uh, we don't usually have a big crowd at it, but we'll have 10 people or so. And he said, "Uh, I've been teaching on the Holy Spirit. These are all refugees from Iran that have come to America, and I've been teaching on the Holy Spirit, and yet they have not been responding at all. They just look at me like, you know, with a blank stare. He said, but would you mind speaking about the Holy Spirit to them tonight? To the people that don't respond? I see some of you are related to those Iranian people. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll do it. Well, they had heard they might have a guest. I don't know what happened, but the house was jam full. jam full. And I began teaching on the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know what was going to happen. The pastor had already given me a disclaimer. Nothing was going to happen. But right in the middle of speaking the Word of God, just reading the Scripture a young boy, 15 years old, stood up and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave him utterance. Now, these people had not responded for 10 minutes. They'd just been looking at me. But when that young man was filled with the Holy Spirit, spontaneous, when he spontaneously filled with the Holy Spirit, that house erupted, and it was like an Acts 4 experience where the house shook when they prayed. And all of a sudden there is joy all over this house. Now these are people that have been uprooted out of their living. They, some of them have been beaten, not because they're even a full-blown Christian, but because they're not Muslim. Some of them have have had to leave family behind. Some of them have gone through all kinds of heartache. They've seen their relatives tortured for their faith, and yet when the Holy Spirit came, there was joy in the place. I am telling you, joy comes when we keep company with the Holy Spirit. And if you're the saddest person in church, it's probably because you're not hanging out much with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you how I grew up. When I grew up, the ugliest, saddest woman in church, we thought she was the holiest. The woman that if she smiled, her face would crack. We thought she must know God. But you know what? We had a distorted view of God. God's not angry. God's not got his face all in a prune look today. He's a good God. And I'm going to tell you, holiness and sadness are not synonymous terms. When we get moving in the Holy Spirit, joy will begin to manifest in our life. It'll change our family. It'll change our circumstances. Even in the midst of trouble, we can still rise above it by the Holy Spirit. I close with this. In Luke 15, there's three stories that happen there. There's a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. The lost sheep, we've all probably seen artists rendering of the shepherd carrying a sheep on his shoulders. 99 sheep are there, one is lost. The shepherd, Jesus, he goes after the lost. When he comes back with the one that was lost, although he had 99, he could have said, this is a pretty good percentage. Forget about that other one. But I'm going to tell you something. He's reaching for the lost. And he found the one that was lost. Thank God he reached down to pick some of us up when we were lost. But he brought the one back And the Bible said, he said, rejoice with me for that which is lost is found. He called his friends together and he said, rejoice with me because that which is lost is found. We go to the next story. It's the woman that lost a a coin Evidently it's you know you've seen ladies that uh, have these bracelets you know that have the little charms on them maybe it has a, if you play tennis it has a tennis racket on it and if you if you like music it has a musical note and it might have your uh, uh initial on it maybe it was something like a charm bracelet one of the charms That's my best understanding This thing was a wonderful gift it was something that meant a lot to her And the Bible says uh that she lost it and she went looking for it, swept the house, and when she found it, she called her near friends together and said, Rejoice with me. That which is lost is now found. We come to the last story, and it's the story of the prodigal son. We know about the son that spent all the father's money. He had got his inheritance, and his life was in ruins. He found himself knee-deep in hog slop. He was feeding the hogs and he thought, I'd like to eat what they're eating. That's how bad it had gotten. He's at the bottom of the bottom. He's hit rock bottom, but how many know that rock bottom is no problem for my God? And he says to himself, I like that. He comes to his senses Luke 15, 17 said he came to himself. There's somebody here today that's going to come to yourself. You've hit a place where you know you need a change. And he said, how many of my father's house have bread enough and to spare? How many know God's people ought to have abundance so we can be a blessing to others? He said, how many even the hired servants have enough? And I perish here with hunger is what he says. He said, I wonder if the Father will take me back. And the Father, the picture is the Father was always out looking. See, today God is looking. He knows those that are his. He knows, according to the word of God, those that are written in the Lamb's book of life. He has a book and he keeps records. 1 John 5, 13 says, you can know you have eternal life. So I know that God knows who has eternal life. Romans 8 says we can know we're a child of God. But here, he said, I I wonder if he'd take me back. And the Bible said he took one step toward the father. The father came running, put a ring on his finger, a coat on his back, and they killed the, the, the calf. They had a big party, and that which was lost was found. They began to be merry. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. We need to get to the place Again, where we realize when we have lost that edge and that joy that we so desire, maybe it's because we have taken our focus off of the lost. The world needs Jesus. We need Jesus. And the Bible says there's rejoicing when the lost are found. Pastor and I, we had a friend that passed away. He was my very, very close friend. I introduced him to your pastor. And I was preaching a crusade in Argentina after he died. At the funeral, they didn't. Uh, they asked people and said, in lieu of flowers, would you give money for a crusade? So we did a crusade in Argentina on his behalf, and we had a big poster behind the stadium uh, wall that had his picture on it. As I'm giving the altar call, the Bible said there's rejoicing in the presence of angels. When the lost are found. When I gave that altar call, it, you know, it was very moving because this is my friend, you know, and I'm doing it on his behalf. He should have been there. The devil's a liar. He's too young to die. When I gave that altar call, and thousands came to Jesus, and I thought about what heaven would be like. I said, there's rejoicing in the presence of angels. My buddy's in heaven. I'm telling you, I bet he's going Crazy. I've been to the ball game when his son caught, uh, he's a wide receiver, and caught the winning pass at the state championship. He went plum nutso. That's his son. But I'm going to tell you something. I just had a vision of what heaven would be like. I think he went absolutely crazy in heaven when people are coming to Christ. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. We need to get back to get that joy. It's got to be about the lost. Everybody stand in this place today.
1: We trust that you have been truly blessed by the anointed message you just heard. If you find yourself lost and undone without Christ and have felt the Spirit of God tugging at your heart's door, you can receive Him in your heart today. It's as simple as praying, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Come into my heart. Save me. I receive you as Lord of my life. It's that easy. If you've just prayed that prayer and meant it in your heart, you have just been born again. We would love to hear about your experience. Please write us at Evangelist Doug Eccles, P.O. Box 36, Bixby, Oklahoma 74008. Once again, that's Evangelist Doug Eccles, P.O. Box 36, Bixby, Oklahoma 74008. Or you can email us at testify at AOL.com. That's someonetestify at aol.com You can also visit us online at dugeckels.com That's dugeckels Doug d o u g e c c l e s.com where you'll find other ministry materials available for purchase.